Today, we are making the best Chargers offense possible using only the players they've had since the year 2000. And the first big question is, Justin Herbert or Phillip Rivers? You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Lockdown Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Drogemeyer. And we've been covering the Chargers together for over six seasons, but we're heading into our fifth season as the host of the Lockdown Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. Thank you guys so much for making us your first listen. And to make sure you never miss the show, go subscribe to the Lockdown Chargers YouTube channel and also follow the show for free on all platforms, wherever you get your podcast from. But David Drogemeyer had a great idea on today's show to create the best Chargers offense that we possibly can. And we're keeping it from the year 2000 because anything before that, it gets so hard to, you know, really compare players from such different decades and you're going to forget some dude from 1971. So we're making it easy. Every offensive player was available to us since the year 2000. And we're going to start with the biggest part, Phillip Rivers versus Justin Herbert. But we all know who the greatest running back is for the Chargers, but who is number two since the year 2000 that one was a little bit tougher who are the top three wide receivers what's the best combination of offensive line we get into all that today but David it starts with the hardest question out of all the questions we're going to be answering today and that is for your ultimate team the best offense you can make with every Chargers offensive player since the year 2000 who's your quarterback ah spotlight time well this one was really 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 difficult for me because I grew up watching Philip Rivers and I watched every single one of his games and his phenomenal illustrious career. But if we're talking about just pure talent uh, ability and just taking a look of uh, being able to project what these two quarterbacks, Justin Herbert and Philip Rivers would have done over the course of their entire careers, taking a look at everything that they would be doing, throwing touchdown passes, running the football, being able to just execute all parts of playing quarterback in the NFL. My quarterback that I want on my ultimate team is Justin Herbert. And I know this is crazy to think about just considering all the amazing accomplishments that Phillip Rivers has definitely earned throughout his great career. But Justin Herbert does pretty much anything you ask him to do on the football field from the quarterback position at a very, very high level. It's tough. And this, like I said, this is the toughest question here. And I mean, you're definitely going to get heat for not picking Philip Rivers. And Philip Rivers did it for the longevity. Nobody is, is going to argue. I love against you, that. Phil. Philip Rivers right now is still the greatest Chargers quarterback of all time. But if you're building a team, a super team, a super offense, it's hard not to pick the most talented quarterback the Chargers have clearly ever had. And that, and that, that's not a conversation. That answer no. is Justin Herbert. And that's the only answer. I ended up going with Justin Herbert too, and I didn't think I would because Philip Rivers did it for so long. We know what he brings to the table, and we know that he's a Hall of Fame quarterback, and yes. you can't say that about Justin Herbert right now. You just can't. I mean, if Justin right. Herbert decided to retire tomorrow, he would not be in the Hall of Fame. Like Andrew Luck's even going to be a tricky conversation, right? Even though he was great, still yeah. didn't play what a lot of these quarterbacks are playing well into their 30s and things like that. It's Justin Herbert, David. I mean, for me, and it's crazy to say that because I love Phil Rivers. Phil Rivers is still my favorite quarterback of all time. Yeah. 
But I think for this conversation, the answer is Justin Herbert because the other part of it is Justin Herbert. There's parts of his game we don't even know yet, right? Yeah. Like he could still get a lot better. Like we we saw the full package of Phil and it was up and down certain seasons, right? Sure. And when you look at their season's averages, because I think that's really the only way to go about this because, I mean, obviously if you're looking at just total stats, Justin Herbert doesn't have 63,440 <laughs> yards yet with the Chargers, right, right now. No. And he's not top 10 in pretty much every passing statistical category of all time, which yeah, he doesn't Rivers have 421 is. touchdowns now. No, but I mean, Phil Rivers had 240 starts for the Chargers. Yeah. I mean, 421 touchdowns, 209 interceptions. But on average, he averaged 4,223 passing yards a season. He averaged 28.2 touchdowns and he averaged 14.1 interceptions. Look at Justin Herbert's averages. Only through two years, but that actually works out nicely because it's basically like a two-year, 16-game-per-year average because he's played 32 through his first two seasons. Yep. He has 34.5 touchdowns per season, so that's over six more than Phillip Rivers on average, and that's just the passing touchdowns. We'll talk about the rushing in a second. He <laughs> averages 4,675 yards, 12.5 interceptions, so a lower interception percentage. And he averaged 292.2 passing yards per game, where Phillip Rivers, over 14 years as a starter, I did not include his first two seasons where he was on the bench, he right. averaged 260 yards per game. Different NFL when Phillip Rivers first came in. There's a lot of different factors here. That's not everything. But I do have to get to the rushing statistics, David, because that one was pretty funny. Phillip Rivers, career, 601 rushing yards, three touchdowns, and averaged the three touchdowns seemed low. Like I was really surprised that that was all it was. It was, but also they didn't do the QB sneak as no. much as you would have thought. Probably because he and didn't like to, I don't think. No, but. yeah, he didn't like it, no. Which is crazy, though, because I'm pretty sure he had like 14 rushing touchdowns in one of his seasons at NC State. Yeah. Anyways, though, I mean, that was his career. 601 yards, three touchdowns, averaged 1.6 yards S per carry. 609 with the Chargers, but he had eight negative eight rushing yards when he was with the Colts. Right, just, just for be, his career, though. The, yeah. whole, the whole package. I mean, that's not going to change much for Phillip Rivers' rushing average. No, it's not. <laughs> negative eight-yard rush with the, Falcon, or with the Colts. But Phil, uh, Justin Herbert, 536 yards already for his career. So he's catching up. He's about to pass Phil on that. Eight touchdowns compared to three an average four and a half yards per carry. And that is the one part of this, David, that Justin Herbert obviously clearly is better than Phillip Rivers as he's a much better athlete. He can move around. He can run the ball when he has to. That's one of the biggest polar opposites for these two dudes. Well, and also just to put in perspective how amazing Justin Herbert has been running the football for the Chargers, the leading rusher at quarterback for the Chargers is John Hadle. And that mm -hmm. was 11 seasons, 154 games, 288 rushes for 1,013 rushing yards. That was good for three and a half yards per carry. In two seasons, Justin Herbert has 536 yeah. rushing yards. That's only 477 He's more than yards halfway there. away from John Hadle in two seasons compared to his 11. So he is going to it, absolutely shatter history. that record very, very soon. Man, that is, it's amazing to think about how many things Justin Herbert does good. And we were kind of clamoring to see him rush the ball even more, Daniel. I, I think that there's definitely more in there that we haven't seen. Yeah, I mean, I'm never going to be one for designed runs for Justin Herbert right. as much. Like maybe a few a season, a handful. But yeah, I mean, he could take the ball and scramble a little bit more. But I think he got a lot more decisive in year two, at he least on when he was going to tuck it, you know. Let's look at what they each do better. I think yeah. that's a good way to do it. So these are the things 
in my opinion, that Philip Rivers does better. The better processor, right? Mm-hmm. He can process defenses. He can solve defenses much better than Justin yeah. Herbert can at this point yep. in his career. He was really good at that. Better anticipation, which he had to have because he didn't have as good of and an touch. arm. The windows that he was throwing, touch, much yeah. better. Trash talking, times 100 Legendary. better. Legendary. He was more accurate, yeah. right? Even though his completion percentage for his career is a little bit less, he was a more accurate quarterback, just at least from what I've seen, you know, yeah. over these uh, Justin Herbert's first so two far. seasons. And then he, we saw him do it, right? This extended success, you know kind of what more you're going to get from him. Whereas Justin Herbert, it's like it would be really, really unlikely to see him get a lot worse. I mean, I don't think either of us can imagine that. No. But these are the things that Justin Herbert does better. I mean, the tough one was pocket presence because Philip Rivers had a really good pocket presence, but he also had no escapability. No, so no mobility. He was yeah. good moving around, shuffling around in the pocket, yes. but like he wasn't going to escape much. He wasn't know, going nowhere. From no. a pretty early age. Justin <laughs> Herbert, but they both had good pocket presence. Justin sure. Herbert, though, bigger arm, mm-hmm. better rushing ability. Definitely. Better deep ball. Oh, yeah. Better off-platform throws mm-hmm. and better escapability. I think all of that stuff is better and the other thing was ball security right philip yeah. rivers that's what he was known for he was a gunslinger he'd fumble mm-hmm. a lot he fumbled way more times on average than justin herbert does a season justin herbert's really really good at not fumbling the football and he must Big be, kid. You know, he has yeah. iron claims on that thing yes and i think when you're looking at it, it's like what are those things i guess do you value more because david i mean there's different things that each one of those guys does a lot better than of course does. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, looking at those two quarterbacks, man, they, they bring different things to the table. They have different styles. And I think J- Philip Rivers will always be a guy that you love to root for and you absolutely hate if he is not on your team because right. he's a guy that's so polarizing, so passionate, and he brings that every time he stepped foot on the football field. And that's why he was so entertaining to watch. But Justin Herbert does it by letting his game do the talking for him. He doesn't do a lot of talking in the press conferences he, he does show a little bit of emotion here and there, but this is a dude that has spectacular ability and allows that ability to speak volumes for him. Yeah, and like it, it, it's such a hard conversation between these two dudes because it's like I, the, like I said, Phil Rivers still the greatest of all time in Chargers history. He's the no best doubt. quarterback they've ever had because of how long he did it, because of all the things he was able to do with the teams that were around him. And that's the other variable that's hard to account for over 14 seasons. Yes. But at the same time, I just think that even though he's the best ever, and I wish he was on this team and had a team like this to try to take to Me a too. Super Bowl more than anything. Yeah. If we're trying to create the best Chargers offense since the year 2000, how do you not pick the most talented quarterback in the league potentially right now? Like, that's the one thing Philip Rivers could never say about himself, right? But what he did sure. have was he was that underdog. He was always going to be around a top 10 quarterback. We were never really thinking of him as like a top three quarterback in the NFL. Like Justin Herbert can be that dude. And I yeah. think that's the part that's just so appealing. And this was easily the hardest conversation, but it was by no means the last conversation because we still have to look at the running backs and the receivers. And that wide receiver three position, David, I think is one that is up for debate a little bit. But Phil Rivers is just that like old, dependable, like F250, right? Or Dodge Ram or whatever it is, you Dodge truck. Whatever kind of truck you want to do. And then Justin Herbert's like the Audi R8 that he drives around. Like he is a legit sports car. But if you ever need any kind of parts for your car, there's only one place you go and it's rockauto.com. Why go up to the guy at the counter at a chain auto parts store and ask him questions just so he can ask you questions that you're not going to know the answer to. It's a very, very bad spot. There's almost nothing worse than when someone's asking you something about your car and kind of emasculating you. because like, not a car guy. That's just not what I do. 
you can avoid all of those things and you can get a much bigger inventory at rockauto.com. And even better than that, you can get it at the best price. You can save 50, 60, even 75% more on the parts that you need at rockauto.com. And they have everything that you're going to need. And they're cutting out the middleman, right? You don't have to go to the chain auto parts store and have them get it from a warehouse that's, you know, only funding that company, whatever. You're cutting out the middleman. You're getting it directly from the source. And you're getting a great price from a family-owned business at rockauto.com. Whatever kind of part that you need, you can find it there. And why give yourself more of a headache when you're already dealing with car issues? Go to rockauto.com and check out all the parts they have available for your car or truck. And write lockdown in there. How did you hear about us, box? So they know we sent you. Amazing selection. Reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com. All right, David. Well, we talked about the quarterback, and that's I think going to be the you know more most controversial, I think, of the picks today. And the nice thing is, is next we have a running back. And RB1, David, is very, very easy because it's one of the Michael best Turner. and arguably the best running back in NFL history, and it's Ladanian Tomlinson. And like Damn right. That that was nice that that one was so easy. It was. It was very, very nice. And another guy that we got the absolute pleasure of being able to watch play football for nine spectacular seasons. A guy who could literally do it all from the running back position. And I mean all. He could block. He could throw the football. He could (laughs) catch the ball out of the backfield. He could beat you with power. He could beat you with finesse. He could beat you with speed. He could beat you with smarts. He was one of the best athletes on the football field at any given time and his illustrious career and the stats that he put up spoke those very, very much in high volume. Yeah, most rushing touchdowns ever in a season with 28. Second most rushing touchdowns over a career all time amongst all running backs. Seventh most rushing yards all time. And he was the 2006 NFL MVP, one of only four running backs to win that award over the last 22 seasons. So that is something that he'll never be touched in my mind as the best running back in Chargers history. Still one of the best of all time. But for the second running back, that was a harder one, David. And we ended up going with Austin Eckler because even though the other one would definitely be Darren Sproles, I mean, it's not going to be Melvin Gordon. It's not going to be Ryan Matthews. It was between those two guys. And we just thought, you know, first of all, we never really saw Darren Sproles in that role for the Chargers being that main guy. And I mean, Austin Eckler already clears Darren Sproles in receptions by like 140 for his Chargers career. Like Darren Sproles did a lot of that after he was with the Chargers. But as a return man, as that kind of change of pace back, Darren Sproles was that guy. But if you're telling me I can have Austin Eckler and LT, that's probably what I'm going with for the best Chargers offense of all time. Could you imagine having Ladanian Tomlinson and Austin Eckler on the same team? Right. I mean, right now our team is Justin Herbert, Ladanian Tomlinson, and Austin Eckler. So that's... A very, very good start, but receiver was a little different, David. And I think these are the two that we can agree on. Wide receiver one, wide receiver two. Wide receiver one, Keenan Allen, five 1,000-yard seasons, five seasons in a row of 97 catches or more, 48 receiving touchdowns, fourth most in franchise history. And Vincent Jackson, rest in peace, wide receiver two, easily in this you know argument. Having both of those dudes already a great start, but 272 catches, four th- over 4,700 yards, and had the third highest yards per catch in franchise history with 17.5. That's one we didn't really have to debate very much. Those are the top two since 2000. Now, Keenan Allen's been an absolute monster since he's been in the league. He's a, a first down just machine. I put out a stat that I was kind of saving for the show, but I, I had to put it out on social media. 63% of Keenan Allen's career catches 
have gone for a first down. Yeah. That is absolutely unbelievable. And a pretty That's high why, percentage of that is probably on third down too, right? Which is yes. like yeah. most crunch time you go to that dude. 461 of his 730 career catches went for a first down. He's just been absolutely dominant. He's been a machine. His precise rut running is why he is a timeless receiver and why he's going to still continue to be productive even 10 years into the league. And Vincent Jackson was just a spectacular highlight reel type of, of player. Whenever you yeah. watched him, the ball was thrown up to him and he was coming down with the ball. And he yeah. made such an, uh, uh, you know, so many different incredible plays. And he was a large reason for the Chargers having the amount of success that they did have when he was wearing a Chargers uniform. A very exciting player to watch. Yeah, I mean, definitely rest in peace, Vincent Jackson, too, you know, just because that so, feels so recent, even though it's a while ago now. Like, that was that was brutal hearing that news. And, like, he is for sure a Chargers all-time receiver. Wide receiver three gets a little sticky because we're going yeah. since the year 2000. So, like, if we were going all-time, it'd probably be Charlie Joyner, Lance Allworth, Keenan Allen. That's the yeah. top three probably of all time. Right. But since we're stopping it at 2000, it's a lot tougher. And there's a few guys, right? I mean, I was thinking, you know, Malcolm Floyd did it for so many years. Mike Williams definitely deserves to have his hat thrown in the ring. Even yeah. like a Keenan McCardell, pretty good for the Chargers, but still wasn't really putting good. up the numbers that those other two guys are putting up. But really, the answer was pretty obvious all along, and it was Wes Welker. Uh, yeah, I returned four <laughs> kickoffs for the Chargers before going to the Dolphins and then later on the Patriots. But David, we don't say that name. How tough was that decision between Mike Williams and Malcolm Floyd for wide receiver three, making our best Chargers offense since the year 2000? It was extremely difficult because both of these guys kind of bring similar things to the table. I mean, I would say probably Mike Williams has a little bit more speed and a little bit more wiggle than Malcolm Floyd had. Malcolm Floyd was always a very long and graceful strider and a guy. Neither one also, of them have much comparatively. No, no yeah, not a <laughs> yeah. lot of speed, but they're both big play machines. And you look at their career stats or at least, you know, the stats that would, would illustrate that Malcolm Floyd, 11 years in the league, 121 games with the Chargers, 550, you know, 5,550 receiving yards. 34 touchdowns, but it's 17.3 yards per reception as far as the average per catch. The guy was a big, big play Fourth machine. Fourth in franchise history. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he just fantastic. But then you got Mike Williams at 16.1 yards per reception and 26 mm. touchdowns in essentially four seasons. So right. you look Pretty at much, Malcolm yeah. Floyd and you see the, the consistent big play ability throughout his career, but then you see Mike Williams with the big play ability and the touchdowns. And so that's why it's such a difficult conversation. I personally went with Malcolm Floyd for mine, but it was very, very difficult for me to decide. Yeah. I mean, I think you go both ways. And like the thing with Malcolm Floyd is like, he was usually at best the third option, you know, yeah. because you had a guy like Vincent Jackson on the outside. And you also had a guy named Antonio Gates, who we may or may not get into for the best tight end of our, you know, since 2000s <laughs> offense here. Stay uh, tuned. I don't know. Him, Hunter Henry, I don't know. Brandon Mollow, you know, I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> I mean, I think just with, Peele. I mean, if you're, if you're breaking it down on average, because Malcolm Floyd in his, you know, first three seasons had two years where he played like six games or less, too. So, like, he had yeah. some seasons where it's getting counted into the average, but not big full seasons. Yeah. But Mike Williams has either been, you know, second or third option since he came in the league. Maybe when he first came in the league, it's probably more of a Hunter Henry. Tyrell Williams was still in the mix. And I think Tyrell Williams, as far as 
how to best complete the wide receiving core and needing that speed threat wouldn't be a bad option there. Just no. didn't really have the, you know, longevity and didn't really see it for an extended time. Right. But I think Mike Williams, I mean, at least statistically is, is the way I went with it. And I think the biggest thing is like, yeah, if you take away that first season where he had 10 games, zero touchdowns, I mean, he's almost averaging seven touchdowns a season, which is pretty good, right? Just yeah. under with four and 26 and four seasons. But 5.2 touchdowns per season as it is, 50.9 yards per game. When you look back at Malcolm Floyd, it's 45.9 yards per game, 3.1 touchdown catches per season. And Malcolm Floyd also a lot more comebacks, right? A lot more comebackers and deep comebacks and deep outs and stuff like that. Mike Williams definitely has made the flashier of the plays, but I'd say that Malcolm Floyd was much, much more consistent. So I think that Mike Williams is – who I ended up going with, but I didn't feel great about it. I mean, I think you could really flip a coin on those two guys and pick them for different reasons, and both would be deserving of it. But yeah, definitely a ton of nostalgia on this show. There's another very easy one, though, David, coming up, and that is who's the best offensive lineman since the year 2000? No, but we will be getting into what our ideal five Chargers offensive lineman is going to be. I mean, I think we all know there's a couple good left tackle options. What do you do at right tackle? Is we're just creating the best offense we can with all the players since the year 2000. And we have to talk about the GOAT, Antonio Gates. But I do need to tell you guys about the GOAT betting site, and that is betonline.net, the only place I place my bets, and the official betting sponsor of the Locked On Chargers podcast. And what I love about betonline.net is even when football season is over, and basketball season is over, and hockey season is over, I can still go bet on baseball and make that a little bit more interesting, right? I have UFC fights coming up this weekend, a huge one in UFC 276 with a couple of title fights on the line and some up-and-comers. And the one go- cool thing, I mean, not UFC is not everyone's cup of tea, right? But the nice thing about that is, like, everybody's got a puncher's chance, right? And that's the one thing about bet online is there's a ton of prop bets. Will somebody get finished? And you can do it through baseball. You can do it through anything. You can do horse racing. You can do esports. You can do whatever you want at betonline.net, even your favorite Vegas casino games. You're going to get the best lines, odds, and props that you're going to find anywhere out there. So make sure you guys head to the website or use your mobile device today to learn more about the trends and the action at BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, David. Well, our team's looking pretty darn good up till this point. So let's recap what we got so far. So far, we have... Justin Herbert as our quarterback with Austin Eckler and LT. And we have a wide receiving trio of Vincent Jackson, Mike Williams, or Malcolm Floyd and Keenan Allen. So we're already headed towards being the most unstoppable offense in the league, which is only going to get better when we have the NFL NFL leader for all time in receiving touchdowns by a tight end. Antonio Gates, tight end one for our NFL Chargers, you know, dream team since the year 2000. And just another great excuse because, I mean, obviously, this one wasn't close, kind of like the LT conversation was. I mean, those two dudes, like, have arguments for being top five players at their position all time. And Antonio mm-hmm. Gates maybe even higher than that. But, David, I mean, imagine Antonio Gates in his prime on this offense right now and what we're making this offense by adding him to, you know, LaDainian Tomlinson plus Keenan Allen and them being on the same team a little longer but him in his prime. Like, that is uh, even more appetizing. Oh, my goodness. Antonio Gates, first of all, can I say, Antonio Gates was one of my favorite players of all time. I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed watching him play football. Wrong way. It was such a privilege <laughs> that we got to see him don the Chargers uniform for 16 phenomenal years, 236 games. He's an eight-time Pro Bowler, a three-time All-Pro, which I don't think we talk about enough. And then, of course, 
It's just the pure raw numbers. 955 receptions, 11,841 receiving yards, 116 receiving touchdowns, and an average of 12.4 yards per reception. Antonio Gates was a machine. There was probably a four- or five-year stretch where he was the most dominant tight end in the NFL, bar none. He was incredible. He, yeah. he made those one one hand catches. I remember the three touchdown game he had against the Seattle Seahawks, mm-hmm. which was one of my favorite games of all time. Just illustrated how incredibly dominant he was. You couldn't stop him. It didn't matter. You could put two, three defenders on him. You just you couldn't stop him. You couldn't, he was you couldn't bump him. He was going to make all the catches. He was going to secure the touchdowns and he was going to look silky smooth doing it. And like he also like wasn't a polar bear like Gronk where he was just no. way bigger than anybody else. He was never the fastest dude. Like it was all finesse. Like it was you he know, was a basketball player. He was and played basketball at Kent State and was like part of that wave of dudes who came in. You know the Jimmy Grahams and the guys who would come later on. He was he one of the guys the who started that movement for sure. But he was just so smooth. Like oh, yeah. he was just like the smoothest player to ever don a Chargers uniform, so in my opinion. Like he could just. He could always get open. You could never single team him because, like, you could have him perfectly covered in the connection that him and Philip Rivers had, right? Like, it was just Philip Rivers could always put it at a spot where nobody was going to be able to knock it away, and he was always going to come down with it. And that was just such a special connection. The most dynamic tight end quarterback duo of all time. I mean, touchdowns-wise, a lot of it. I mean, yeah, Gronk, Brady, whatever, that's cool. They still don't have as many touchdowns as Philip Rivers threw to Antonio Gates, right? So... I mean, Antonio Gates was just the best. The second best tight end, probably Hunter Henry, right? If we were running a two tight end set offensively, it's probably Hunter Henry since the year 2000 because a lot of the year 2000 to now was dominated by a dude named Antonio Gates. And the the second fiddle, you know, was exactly that for a lot of years and never really made a lot of noise. So Mm -hmm. Antonio Gates, easy decision there. But now, David, this one gets a little bit tougher because you're going to give me your starting offensive line all time since the year 2000, right? And who you picked when you're trying to create, okay, I have all these guys since the year 2000. Which five offensive linemen did you come up with to make your the best offensive line you know Justin Herbert's ever played behind? Yeah, so for, for me, assembling this offensive line, going back to every single team from 2000 to 2022, the one thing I recognize is the Chargers did not have very many good right tackles. I mean, not yeah. at all. But they Start did with have left some good then. interior pl- some interior players, and they had a couple of left tackles that are definitely going to be used in here. So for my left tackle, I'm going Rashawn Slater. Uh, and yeah, I know it's one year, but I don't care. I can see it. <laughs> this guy is going to be here to stay. Uh, then at guard, I got Chris Dealman. Uh, and then at center, I have guard, Nick yeah. Hardwick. Yeah, left guard, excuse me. I have Mike Goff there at right guard. And then at right tackle, I went with Marcus McNeil because there really is no other good option besides probably Jeremy Clary, which is the guy we talked about before the show. If we're talking about assembling the five best offensive linemen since 2000 to protect Justin Herbert, that's what I went with. Yeah, and like that's the thing is when we were talking about this, you know, we didn't know exactly what each other's rosters were going to play out as. And so I have Marcus McNeil, McNeil as my left tackle. And then I have the same three interior dudes. I have Nick Hardwick, even though, like, just based on, like, a one-year sample and, like, he was playing at a higher level, like, Corey Lindsley definitely deserves to be in the conversation. Yeah, he's and he's an easily animal. the second-best dude. Like, yeah. that's – and he's only played with the Chargers one season. So, I, yeah. I wouldn't blame you for going that direction either. 
right guard, same thing, right? I ended up going with Mike Goff, which first of all, is just the coolest dude ever. Like yes. that dude is such a chill dude. I've met him a couple of times and like just a fun offensive lineman. The dude, yeah, and the like, dude that went exactly out there and played, man. 80 games, 80 super starts. long hair too. Right? I remember he was in the NFL Street game, like when, yes. when that first came out. When Such NFL awesome Street for game. you kids out there was like, you got like five players basically, like three offensive linemen, you know, two receivers, a quarterback and a running back, and you're like jumping off walls and doing front flips over people and stuff. But you got and three it, offensive linemen. I had like Mike Goss, big old beard, long hair <laughs> out there just – Eating glass, right? I mean, that's yes. what those dudes do. And that's the yes. thing with these guys. Because I, I have it the same way. Except I have Rashawn Slater as my right tackle because I just don't think that there's anything that guy can't do. And if I'm putting together the most talented offense since the year 2000, I'm going to pick Rashawn Slater and Marcus McNeil as my two tackles and fit them in however I can because I yeah. think that's just the gap between those two dudes at their best and every other single person. But yeah, Jeremy Clary, if we had to pick a right tackle, it would probably be who it was. Yeah. But that was the thing about these dudes is like not only were they the best offensive line the Chargers had and after they had that core of McNeil and Nick Hardwick yeah. and Chris Dealman and Mike Off, like it was all downhill and Phillip Rivers like never got a good offensive line again. Mm-mm. But those dudes ate glass. Like those yeah, dudes they did. were like straight up like I will just eat glass for fun. I will just and run I'm going to mug you. I'm going to maul you. I'm going to run you over, and then I'm going to spit on you and laugh in your face. That's what those guys did. The, like that's the attitude that they brought. To the it. I'm not saying that's what they did. Chargers but that's, that's the nastiness that you bring to the table that you want from your interior offensive lineman. Those guys, they brought that attitude. And I honestly think that this Chargers offensive line, not that it would beat that offensive line, but like. You know, if we did this list again in five years, like right guard could be Zion Johnson, right? Yeah. You know, I like so like I think this has a chance to be the best offensive line since those teams, since the 2016, since no the 2017, when you had all of these dudes together, which helped LT, you know, get the most rushing touchdowns of all time. But like mm-hmm. just like the brute force part of it, like yeah. those dudes had that in spades, and it was something the Chargers were lacking for a really long time. After that core went away, you know, Nick Hardwick ended up having a bunch of injuries. Yes. Chris Dealman's also a super cool dude. I met him one time at my bar and his kids were with him and stuff. And so I didn't want to like embarrass him or anything. And like, so I waited and his kids ended up like going outside and they were like getting ready to leave. And the kids have like little Dealman shirts on. I have like a hat over here that has like a Dealman and a bunch of other offensive linemen signatures on it. But nice. I went up to him and I was like, Hey man, like, I didn't want to, like, you know, cause a scene in front of your family and stuff like that. And, like, so I just want to tell you, like, hey, you're one of my favorite players, you know, six, seven. Like, I always thought you were, like, super good, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, man, why couldn't you have said that when my kids were here? Like, that, to them, I'm, like, a nobody. Like, I, they don't know I was, like, an offensive lineman for the Chargers for all these years. And I was like, oh, I'm sorry, bro. Like, he's like, yeah, not a lot of people were coming up to me, you know raving about my football career but he was super appreciative and stuff but it was just really funny because i was like i don't want to like take him away from his family he's like dude i love it why'd you not come over here before you know <laughs> sing maybe my we'll praises have, man yeah maybe we'll try to get like mike off or chris dealman on the show because those dudes are just super oh, that would be sick yeah, yeah maybe we should maybe we should try to do that we're show planning on the show right let's now let's do but, it let's do it david so now we have an offensive line you know the two tackles are marcus mcneil or sean slater you also have the interior of mike off chris dealman and nick hardwick to go along with these skill players, Justin Herbert, LaDainian Tomlinson, Austin Eckler, Keenan Allen, Vincent Jackson, Mike Williams, and or Malcolm Floyd, and Antonio Gates. Like, 
that offense is easily the best offense in the league. Unstoppable. Hands down, right? And it's just fun to think about. Like, Justin Herbert having the best receiving core he's ever had, the best running back he's ever played with, the best offensive line in front of him. I mean, that would be pretty unstoppable. I don't think that you can take a look at pretty much any other team that you could assemble from 2000 from any other team in the NFL and match them up with the <laughs> amount of talent the Chargers have on the offensive side of the ball. I mean, good luck. I mean, you want to defend the deep ball? Fine. Things are going to get opened up over the middle with Keenan Allen and, and Antonio Gates. Uh, you, you're going to you're gonna try to stop that, put a blanket over the coverage? Okay, cool. No problem. Here's the ball, LaDainian Tomlinson. Just yeah. go run, run them over. Or let's hit Austin Eckler in the flat and let you try to tackle him. Good luck. And then you have Justin Herbert throwing just lasers all over the football field because he's not going to get touched because he has an incredible offensive line. So I don't think you can put any other team from the 2000s, from any team in the NFL up against this offense and expect to beat them. But, David, as we learned last year, the offense is only half of the team. So it's going to be very exciting next week. And it's going to be a much harder show, I think the best Chargers defense using only players since the year 2000. So that's going to be on next Wednesday's show, kind of how, as we have it right now. And we will be back with you guys five days a week. We just found out starting July 18th. And until then, we'll try to keep going Monday, Wednesday, Friday, but I'm also getting married in 25 days. So we'll see what happens, but thank you guys for joining us. Let us know who your all-time offense would be in the YouTube comments, or if you guys want to hit us up on Twitter at lockdown, LAC, you're going to know, you're going to want to know that as well, just because, the next show is Fan Mail Friday, and you guys can get your questions on the show by following us on Twitter. You can hit up me or David personally as well. David Drogemeyer's DMs are always, always open any time of the night, whatever you want to say, you can say to him. But I'm on Twitter at Dan Talk Sports, and David Drogemeyer's on Twitter at DrogTalkSD. We also post the show to all of our social media every day, and we're pretty much on every social media until David makes us a TikTok. So you can find us on Twitter again at LockdownLAC. You can find our Instagram page at LockdownChargers and our Lockdown Chargers Facebook page. But you guys can also get your voicemails on Friday's show. And we haven't had a ton of voicemails lately. So if you guys want to get your voice and your question on the show, you can call into 323-524-7924. And we're very, very excited for Female Friday. But make sure you guys aren't missing the show by subscribing to our Lockdown Chargers YouTube channel and also following the show for free wherever you get your podcast from, whether that's Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you can find the Lockdown Chargers podcast. But we will back with you guys on Friday with Female Friday. But thanks for being with us for the Chargers ultimate offense. But until Friday, guys, take it easy and go Bolts.